glitches. Welcome back to another episode of Glitchin' with me, your host, Adrian Earhart, solo host uh, for now and forever, moving forward. And By the way, I love that you've already <laughs> named your listeners Glitches. Yeah. That's, you gotta, you gotta have a thing. Right I'm, off the get-go. I'm in marketing. I have to. Right off. All right. Here we go. The, all right. Hey, Glitches. <laughs> hey, Glitches. The voice you're hearing is my lovely roommate and a fellow comedian and amazing person, Nicole Amy Schreiber. Hi, everybody. I'm a glitch. You are a glitch. I'm like, a down-ass glitch. Glitch, my glitch, glitch, glitch. <laughs> Nicole is a new roommate uh, because I'm getting divorced and I moved in with her. Uh, we covered this in the last episode, but I want them to be, uh, you know, you can listen to one and kind of understand what's happening. So yeah. that's why this is. So getting divorced, I moved in with Nicole and she's amazing and our apartment is beautiful uh-huh. and we have a very harmonious home. It's great. It's she's great. my wife, my wife. Yeah, we are wives. She calls me to get sugar and I let her jump on my titties. Yeah. She's got pillow titties. I have pillow titties. They really are the greatest flotation device ever. They're pretty big. Um, uh, airbags should be titties. <laughs> airbags should just be made of just a bunch of titties. A hundred percent. Like, and then everybody just wants to get into a car accident <laughs> and just like be just beat around a car by some titties. DUIs go up by like yeah, a DUIs thousand. go up by all, all everybody's driving drunk. Oh. Everybody's just like, let me get them titties. <laughs> all of a sudden, cars become bumper cars. Some dude just rolls his car. He's like, I want all the titties to deflate or bop out or whatever, inflate, whatever. A lot of uh, day after Valentine's Day accidents because uh-huh. people break up and yeah. shit. Yeah. I yeah. just, I love it. Uh, Nicole. Hi, guys. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real big titty fan. She's a know. big titty fan. Big titty fan. Not gay. Well, who knows? <laughs> Not entirely it's sure. It's 2020. Everyone's everything. It's 2020. I'm fluid. Yeah, you're pretty fluid. Yeah. I'm non-binary, fluid. I think you just appreciate the human body. Yeah, when it's nice. I think I agree with that. Because I watch statement. you cream over guys in the crosswalk and their calves and their shoulders. Oh, calves and shoulders, calves and shoulders. And if there's a big fat butt too on a dude, uh, and I, I love a fat ass. <clears throat> See, I like uh, more svelte, uh, like thinner. And- I gotta be honest. What does svelte mean? <laughs> like I know, but like what? Do I know? People will be like, "Oh, that person's svelte," and I'm like. Is that an insult? I don't know. It's not an insult. It's a very, like, nice thing to say to somebody. But, like, what is... It's madam linguist. It means thin but trimmed. <clears throat> so, in like, buff, no? No. Svelte means, like, the opposite. Thinner. Like, sinewy. Like You want to have the actual definition? Yeah, let's do the actual okay. definition. I'll show you the actual definition. And maybe you can... Maybe I'm svelte. Maybe that's my body type. I always just been walking around saying I'm skinny fat. Uh, I don't think you're skinny fat. I do think you're svelte. Do you do think I'm spelled? Yeah, you have definition. Oh shit, yo. Um, it's uh slender and elegant. Oh, then I'm spelt, y'all. Yeah. I don't know about the elegant part, but I am slender. You can be elegant when you shut the fuck up. Ah <laughs> You guys, my roommate here spitting the truth. Which is I, never I don't shut the fuck up <laughs> ever. There's a lot of Nicole. Uh, coming at you hard when you meet her, which is what how most of us fall in love with you. Yeah, uh, you nice. are who you are, very authentically. You are very much who you are as well. Aren't I? Yeah. I'm a lot. No, nah. no. I mean, that's coming from a person who's a lot, so I think you're fine. <laughs> don't don't let my judgments of be of you be these like steadfast. Like yeah. this is the way it is. This is uh, the fact. This is this is coming from a person who is absolutely shit balls crazy. So. 
But like in the best way. Yeah. Like I mean, in a kind way. Thanks. And, yeah. Thanks. And like you're hot too. So it's. Go on. Everyone tolerates it. Because uh, you're. Oh my God. Am I getaway with bullshit hot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. Five nine, red hair. Beautiful blue eyes. Like, so who cares? Uh, I just need titties. <clears throat> Yo, this game would be over if this bitch had titties. If I had titties, I'd be a f- I wouldn't even talk to you. I know. I'd be a <laughs> fucking monster. I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. I'd have my own podcast. Well, how I? do I? have my own podcast. You have but two podcasts. <laughs> I have two podcasts. I have, you know, fucking podcasting. What is this world that we're in? Just two people talking in a room and then people all over the world are like, no one listen to that. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? So fucking weird. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have like many people messaging me telling me that I should. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's hard not to like feel some kind of way about that. Like, like, what does that mean? I think it's just because I have a very weird train of thought and that's uh, interesting to some people. I don't know. I don't listen to <clears throat> conversational podcasts. No, um, no, I listen. A majority of the podcasts I listen to, I would say are, I listen to a lot of history podcasts. Nerd. Um, and, World War II specifically. Um, yeah, I mean, I just listened. It's the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of Auschwitz podcasts mm-hmm. recently. Um, been listening to some old podcasts um, w- that have interviews with Ellie Wiesel. Mm-hmm. Just going real deep into the whole thing right now. Um, but I love like revisionist history, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I just, I don't know. I just want to like know things. It's... I don't want to know, I want to know people Mm -hmm. and the way people work. And I do enjoy a good interview with someone, but it has to be some sort of like historical relevance. Like I'm never like, oh my God, I can't wait to hear what Meryl Streep has. Like I have zero desire to ever hear an interview with Meryl Streep. (laughs) Although I had zero desire to ever read an interview with Brendan Fraser. Do you remember the actor Brendan (laughs) Fraser? Of course I remember Brendan Fraser. I just read a really great interview with him. Really great mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, God, I didn't even know I wanted to read an interview mm-hmm. about Brendan Fraser. And here I am wildly engrossed <laughs> in an interview with Brendan fucking Fraser. I'm like, to? um, he is, uh, it was, he, I, I had actually was reading it when I came in here, so I didn't finish it, but he, uh, it was just kind of following like, I wouldn't say his, uh, fall, but it was following his rise and then his kind of like disappearance from, from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Cause like in the late nineties, I mean, the dude was freaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, there was like Encino man. Um, that was a great movie. Oh, so he good. was so hot. So life. good. Um, Encino man, um, uh, that movie about where he's at the boarding school. I can't even remember. The um, devil one with Liz Hurley. Oh my gosh. There was that too. Yeah. You know, and he just did a whole bunch of different things. And and then he was in The Mummy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it was, he's he was just everywhere. And, and then he just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered seeing him, um, it was a few seasons ago, there was a, a series, it's it's ended now. Um, it was on either HBO or Showtime called The Affair. Mm-hmm. And he had a very small part in that in one season. Um, and he played a very villainous character, which is Contrary to what he had done before, because he was always the hero, Uh the relatable, like good looking guy, you know, he was a caveman. Yeah. A caveman, (laughs) but like the caveman who cleaned up well. Yeah. Um, what was that movie where the girl, um, she like takes her glasses off and all of a sudden she's the hot girl. She's all that. She's all that. Yeah. I referenced that last night. This is officially a glitch. Oh, there's a glitch. Uh huh. Um, but it was like that sort of thing. Like caveman was like, he's so gross. And then like he cleans up and he's like super hot. Like, oh. um, anyways, uh, but yeah, anyway, so I'm like reading this article about him and I'm like, why am I so interested in this guy? I never thought about, it. I didn't even think about him like 
when I was younger and he was a big star. Like it was never, he was never this alluring person oh, for to me. me. He was. Oh, really? <clears throat> and he looks a lot like my first husband. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, a lot. His eyes are so blue. By the way, his hair has completely thinned. Not your ex-husband. I mean, maybe your ex-husband. But Brendan Fraser's hair is completely thinned. He still has those like piercing blue, mm-hmm. like doughy eyes. Mm-hmm. My God, they're so, they're like Hitler youth blue. They oh, are God. like perfectly, <laughs> perfectly blue. But he, um, yeah, and I'm sitting here like I'm really into this interview. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't find like in interview conversation podcasts. Like sometimes I'll listen to them, but I'm never like, oh, I can't wait. I love that you're shitting on my podcast. As you're I'm on shitting podcast. on podcasts, period. Your podcast is conversational. My podcast is conversational. I'll shit on my fucking podcast too. <laughs> I'll shit on all fucking podcasts. You'll shit on anything. It's I will literally. Oh my god, I am such a corporate figuratively and literally. Oh, god, someone give me a a, a <clears throat> literal shit. Um, I. I mean, I like interview podcasts when it's somebody I want to hear about. Otherwise, it's just like the whole idea of eavesdropping on a conversation between people. I get that. I fucking love New York subway. Best best thing ever is to sit and eavesdrop on conversations. Um, But otherwise, I'm not like, you know, just dying to sit in on a conversation between two celebrities. I think um, I like listening to Mm non-celebrities and like when the host is someone that I know or the guest is someone that I Mm -hmm. know, I do enjoy the conversation because I get to, I get to hear them, how they talk to somebody else. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I I like. But that's, if it's an intriguing person to you, if that person has some relevance to you. Yeah. 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 It's not necessarily like just, you know, if I was like, I just heard an interview with Selma Blair. Do you have any affinity towards Selma Blair? Uh, I do because she has MS and my best friend has okay, MS. Okay, well, I'm trying to find somebody who you would have no affinity towards. Six um, Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Let's work on this. Um, uh, uh, if I was like, I just heard an interview with Reese Witherspoon. I just watched Big Little Lies, so I would definitely listen to her. Fucking son of a bitch. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams. Let me guess, you fucking love The Notebook. I mean, Mean Girls. Was Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls? She oh, yeah, was she was. Regina George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know um, what okay, that so, was like. Okay, so, fuck. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm I, having a really hard time And I want to know what happened with her and Ryan Gosling. Because okay. they, da- they right. hated each other right. on set. They dated. What, so if I, what, if I, what if I was like, oh, somebody just recorded an interview with Zoe Deschanel? Mm. You're, you got me. So you'd be like, no. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Because I watched her show all the way through. Let me pitch you Zoe Deschanel now if I heard this interview. So here's the interview I heard with Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel admitted to um, killing her childhood dog. And uh, accidentally, she poisoned it with rat poison accidentally. And it like fucked her up for life. Now, and she, in the interview, she talks about that. Now, would you want to hear that interview? Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, Zoe Deschanel is not this like interesting character. It's, uh, the dark what crevices she, the, of your mind are fascinating. Oh, there's so many dark crevices. <laughs> I get called dark a lot, but yeah. bitch, you fucking. I'm, I'm. I need night goggles yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to even be in the room with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You need a flashlight. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's like I, I don't know. I find like dark things mm-hmm. more more interesting. Me too. Have you, you you know catfish? Do you know why catfish is like a tasty fish? No. So catfish is a bottom feeder. So it's eating all the schmutz on the bottom. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't eat catfish for that reason because they're like, I don't. Yeah. Have you ever tasted catfish? Yeah, it's good. It's fucking delicious. It's a delicious fish. It's Mm -hmm. tasty. It's got character. It's got curves. It's got 
so many things going on. It's got titties, great you know? Great credit score. Yeah. Um, great credit score. No, it's got a bad credit score because good credit scores, you weren't making interesting decisions to get a good credit score. True. Your bad credit score, it's the grime. It's the grit. Like no one wants to, if, if I told you I read a biography, if uh, I read a biography about Zoe Deschanel, you'd be like, eh, that's boring. But then if I was like, yo, Anthony Kiedis's biography, Scar Tissue, is fucking a roller coaster. Yeah. That's an that's a biography. Listen. You want to read, you want to hear about the people who went through fucking hell. Yeah, I do. Those are the those are the people you want to read about. Those are the people you want to tap into. Not people who are like, well, I come from just like a marginal background and I like went to school. And my parents love me. And, you know, we would vacation in the Poconos. Like, okay, cool. I'm, you know, you're like Zoe Deschanel is still an interest. I don't know if that was Zoe Deschanel's background, but like she's still an interesting person. Mm -hmm. But if you gave me the option between reading a book about Zoe Deschanel or reading a book about Anthony fucking Kiedis, I'd be like, I want to, I want to hear about the dude who mainlined black tar heroin in his fucking dick, you know? (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's like, that's why catfish is tasty. I get it. And I think uh, a lot of people listen to my podcast because I'm going through something traumatic right mm-hmm. now with my divorce. Yeah. And because I had a very traumatic, like, things that happened to me in my childhood. And you have titties. Like, everybody is <laughs> tuning in for the titties. I, you can't see my titties right now. Adrian, <clears throat> you can hear the titties in your voice. You cannot. Absolutely. Are you kidding? You can hear titty in your voice. Are you serious? Right there. That was it. Uh-huh. Is Perfect. it, like, uh-huh. confidence or something? Oh, it's just something. I don't know what it is, but it's there. <laughs> You're nut. I do walk around naked a lot. A lot. So much, you guys. And so, so much. Do you hate it? So, so, that was so funny yesterday when I, was it yesterday or today? Oh, it was yesterday. I went to the, put something in the washing machine and I was, we, there's, a, we, there's a washer and dryer in between our bedrooms. And I walked out in my bra and underwear to put something in the washer and dryer. And then Adrian was standing in her room at the door and her door was like kind of closed. And then she saw me outside at the washing machine and then popped the door open. And she's, what'd you say? You're like, just want to get a better view or something yeah. like that. <laughs> And it's like, we're both the same way. Yeah. I just like looking uh, at bodies. Bodies are great. Yeah. Bodies are fucking great. Titties, great. I mean, women are just the hottest thing there is. I agree. All, all shapes and sizes. And as a dancer, I was around naked bodies a yeah. lot. Yeah. And it feels comfortable. How any man could just be completely gay and see a woman's <laughs> body and not be like, I want to fuck it is crazy to me. That's well, how you know. That's how you know gay is not a choice. Well, what about a man that doesn't want a woman's body that he's been having sex with for several years? Listen. <laughs> You guys, you need to know that Adrian is going through a lot with this divorce, but we're actually not going to talk him at all and and, at any point during this podcast right now because that motherfucker ain't getting any more motherfucking airtime. You're right, you're right, you're right. Let's talk about fucking good shit that's going on. Let's talk about dark shit that's going on, but we are not talking about a fucking lame-ass ex-husband. I'm grateful that he brought you into my life in a more intimate, real way, and Mm -hmm. I get to see them titties every morning. (laughs) But, like, otherwise, so long farewell, fucker. I'm very happy with my life right now. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing someone awesome and uh, working hard on myself yeah. and working hard at work, working out a lot. I mean, getting injured, but besides that. Hilarious. You think my hip injury is so funny. I mean, I just, I, th- it's like, I, it's not that I think it's funny for you. I just think it's so funny that like as women, like we will literally push our bodies to the craziest fucking extremes to look good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay. Anybody who's like, no, I work out for my mind. Go f- 
fuck yourself, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mental health means so fucking much to me. Right. You want to know what means a lot to me? That my ass isn't avalanching down the back of my fucking leg, okay? So, yeah, you're working out because you want to look good. The running, which is how I injured myself, yeah. was because of my hyper-ass dog. Yeah. So that was not yeah. part of it. And that's but, how I hurt myself. But still. But I do work out, yeah, to, yeah. to look, yeah. to feel you, and look, to look yeah. and feel. Good. Yeah, yeah, look and feel good. Let's I'll put, put those, let's those in put, the right order. Yes, in the right order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anybody who's like, me, 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 I'm like, go get on fucking Prozac, okay? Go get some fucking talk therapy, uh-huh. find a 12-step program, get more hugs, you uh-huh, know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And quit telling me that you're <laughs> vanity. It's fucking real. Mm-hmm. And especially in this town. People are like, I love hot yoga. You go into a room that's 3,000 degrees and sweat till you're completely dehydrated and you're trying to tell me that's good for your brain? Mm. No. Mm. You need fucking electrolytes. I saw God. No, you're dehydrated, okay? (laughs) You were hallucinating. Yeah. (laughs) Water God. Yeah. It was Poseidon. Yeah, yeah. Splashing water on you. You need need fucking Pedialyte, okay? (laughs) Um, I was at a party, uh... Way too soon after my divorce to have been in public. Um, Lisa Curry was there. She mm-hmm. invited me. And uh, I was sitting next to this guy and he was asking me about my divorce. And this guy was like, I'm going to do a beer run. Anyone else need anything? And the guy next to me goes, hey, yo, give me a Pedialyte. <laughs> and I thought that was so weird. But the guy turns around and goes, blueberry? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That is a perfect exchange. I know. When I, I did a, a festival, uh, a comedy festival in New Orleans and uh, I was on a show with Nick Swartzen and I've known Nick for years, but uh, I walked into the green room and I guess on his rider, he has booze and Pedialyte and he uses the Pedialyte as his mixer to get ahead of his hangover. Yeah. And I was like, this fucking guy is a genius. Yeah. That is like... That is an expert level alcoholic. Um, somebody that I dated relatively recently did that. That's bizarro. I know. I thought it was weird. Bizarre. Like, but for anybody to, it's like when you're doing that, you're basically saying, this is what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I need to get ahead of it because I'm anticipating it. And it's happened before and it's happened uh, and it's going to happen again. And that is just like, that is a level of attempting to function as an alcoholic that mm-hmm. I will never comprehend. I don't really drink. You yeah. know that. And uh, as the daughter of an alcoholic, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. And I try to be empathetic about it. But I, yeah, I can't date someone who drinks uh, more than like twice a week. Yeah. It's just too much. Like, I under, here's the thing. I understand, like, if you drink... Because it's like a a habitual thing. Like I was talking to this makeup artist who I worked with on a set recently. And she was like, I like to have a glass of wine every night when I come home. I'm like, every night? She's like, every night. Any day I am working all day, she's like, I want a glass of wine at the end of the night. And I'm like, are you doing that? Because you're like, it takes the, she's like, I don't even feel it anymore. She's like, but it is, it is habit now. And I'm like, in my mind, every time I think of what alcohol is, I'm like, oh, it's it's a poison. Like, if you drink too much alcohol, it will kill. I guess if yes. you consume too much of anything. I just found out you can get water poisoning. Yeah. Which is like. People that are in Mali have that sometimes. Oh, God. It's hydrocephalia. If that isn't Darwinism at its finest. 
just like people on Molly dropping like flies because they're overhydrating. Oh, you were not meant for evolution. Um, but it's like, I, I don't understand. Like in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't have too much alcohol. There's poison mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. If, if it's not doing anything for you, why are you still doing it? Same with people that smoke cigarettes. Yeah. What you doing? Why are you yeah. doing that? I mean, I know that when I do have cigarettes on the occasion, I know specifically why I'm doing it. And it's usually because I'm trying to take a poop. I was just going to say laxative. Purposes. Yeah. The laxative quality of cigarettes is the thing I like about cigarettes. Yeah. That's honest to God. The only thing. I smoked one or two every other day when I was dancing professionally because yeah. it made Appetite me suppression. sick and yeah. I couldn't eat. It yeah. made me viscerally sick. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. I would like literally take three hits, put it out, put it back in the box, yeah. smoke the same one later. Yeah. So I wasn't like a habitual smoker. So no. I don't understand the addiction of it because yeah. it was very easy for me to be like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, addiction is, addiction is a really interesting thing. Um, and the different things that people come addicted to. I remember I dated a guy who was a heroin addict. He wasn't a heroin addict while we were together. He was in recovery at that point. He was six months sober. Um, But I remember I used to, uh, I grew up in a family that was like, everyone's a fattest. You know, everybody was like, everybody's weight was always up for discussion. Mm -hmm. If I gained too much weight, everybody would talk about it. If I lost too much weight, everybody would be like, oh, good for you. Um, And, you know, we had cousins who were heavier and it was always like, well, don't, don't gain too much weight or you're going to look like your cousin. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was, uh, it was one of the, my dad's half of the family, um, they were like, I mean, they're just bigger people. My dad's 6'4", 240. Like, he's just a huge person. So it was always this, like, looming thing of, like, weight gain. And um, what was the fucking point of my... <laughs> what was I just saying? What were we talking about before? <laughs> oh, shit. Addiction. Addiction. There. Food addiction. <laughs> food is an addiction. Food is an interesting addiction because if you think about a heroin addiction... <laughs> So if you're addicted to heroin and you stop doing heroin, mm-hmm. you don't have to be around heroin. There's at, at any point in your week, have you encountered heroin? No. No. You don't encounter heroin. Heroin's not a day-to-day thing. No. What if you're addicted to food? Mm. Not only are you going to come across food, but you have to peacefully coexist with food. And that blows my mind about food addiction because I definitely have food issues. Like yeah. I definitely cannot control myself when it comes to eating. It genuinely stresses me out how much food you keep in our apartment. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's, I mean, I'm never I would never tell you to live your life otherwise. But every single time I open the refrigerator, I go into a bit of a panic. And then you eat it. <laughs> and sometimes I'll eat it. But I, a lot of the times I have to be like, don't touch her food. Don't touch her food. Don't touch her food. It's her food. It's her food. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, I don't want to. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, if I fucking touch your food, I'll just go get her more food. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm just like, Nicole, it's going to be a fucking slippery slope mm-hmm. into her, into you eating her at a fucking house and home. <laughs> I had a roommate in college who was like, Nicole, go get food. I'm like, you don't understand. I can't keep food in the apartment. I will eat it all. There will not be any food left. Okay. I I will eat until I'm fucking sick as a dog. Like a cow. Yeah, completely. Or a horse. No question about it. <clears throat> no question about it. I will never stop eating. But I have to tell myself, don't do it because it's going to piss Adrian the fuck off if she comes home and there's no food left. Because I know I know what I'm capable of. I know every single thing you have in that apartment. I know you do. Every to, to the point where it's like, if you were like, I don't know where this is, I'd be like, I'd be like, freezer, third level. That's exactly where it is. It is a major fucking Did you problem. eat a lot of butter recently? Um, I had some butter at lunch today. Yeah. 
I'm probably going to have diarrhea. Because I think I bought a box of butter on New Year's. Uh-huh. Uh, New Year's Eve. I did not touch the butter at home. I have not touched it. Oh, we were trying to cook the other day and I couldn't find it. And nope, I was like, I think butter ate it. He was, no, 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 no. I butter. put the butter in the freezer. Oh. I put one stick. I put one stick in the refrigerator and the rest <laughs> in the freezer. That explains it. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't think we use that much butter to make You're like, like oh, no, pot no. pie rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was worried. I was like picturing you eating it by the stick. You're like, Nicole, I I'm, know you I'm love butter. such a monster with butter. You love butter. It's It truly is the best condiment. Is it a condiment? Can, do we, can we consider butter a it's condiment? It's a schmear. It's a schmear. Oh, fuck, I love butter. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Me too. Toast with butter is Toast my with butter kryptonite. Is, yeah, kryptonite. Toast with butter with a little bit of the everything but the bagel topping stuff mm, from Trader Joe's. Mm, oh, fuck mm. that shit up. Put a little cotto on there. Mm. Yeah, give me a, give me a. Um, <clears throat> but, I'm phlegmy because I just had ricotta cheese on brioche French toast with three different kinds of Oh, jams. you went to Squirrel this morning, yes, didn't I you? Did. So good. Uh, it was phenomenal. Did you wait in line forever? It wasn't forever. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, but, but it's, it's there's fast. a line. Yeah. yeah. It's really good, though. It was so good. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Uh, we had a good time. I would go again. I think we're going to try every weekend to go somewhere new. Nice. Yeah. Uh-oh. Adrian's dating. Uh, No. We're sleeping together and we go to breakfast sometimes. Okay, cool. Whatever. That's not dating. I have to qualify because sure, he sure. might listen to this. He's going to listen to this. No, he's not. Our, Why would he listen to this? First of all, I know that he will. <laughs> A thousand percent. <laughs> it's... The girl he's seeing and one of his best friends on the planet, uh-huh. he's listening to it. All right. Well, let me lock it up then. <laughs> By the way, you guys, she is seeing one of my best friends on the planet. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's very cool. When he started seeing it, it was really funny. He was like, he was like, he's like, how weird would it be if I just like have sex with Adrian and then I just come over to your room and hang out? I was like, that's <laughs> I was like, okay. And that happens frequently. All the time. Yeah. Oh, you guys see each other in the morning in the kitchen uh-huh. while I'm getting ready for work. Uh-huh. Yeah. We sit and talk and I complain. And I love it because you had a hard, fast rule that I can't have boys stay past my leaving the apartment. Yeah. And I respect that. And I yeah. actually like that too. Yeah. Um, but with him, I can do that. I can yeah. leave him because uh-huh. you'll take care of him. Yeah. It's not even like a, a take care of, it's just, it was, it's one of those things where it's like, if you were dating someone and you had been with him for a while, then I would be like, okay, fine. He Obviously. Can, he can stay there past you. I just don't want a dude hanging Randos. out there all fucking day. Yeah. And I definitely don't want like a rando. Like if you just bring a stray home <laughs> and then you're like, I got to bounce. Cause I did that once years ago, uh, when in my old apartment, uh-huh. I had no choice. He was fucked up. He was passed out on fucking uh-huh. everything. And the next morning I was like, I have to go to work. I worked downtown. And he's like, he's like, what? I was like, you need to like get up and go. And I was like, get out of bed. And he was like, oh, I'm too fucked up. I can't go. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, just can you leave the apartment at some point? I got home from work. That fucker was still in bed sleeping. I got home at five. Stayed in bed all day. Didn't he left my room at one point? And my roommate was in the living room. I told her I was like, "Hey, heads up, there's a guy. He might come out." And he's like a tattooed guy, a very tattooed guy. So I didn't mention that part to her. <laughs> so she's like, "A bald tattooed man just sauntered out of your room." Uh-huh. I was like, "Yeah, that's the dude I was telling you about." She's like, "You could have given me a heads up about the what he was gonna look the like because that was a lot." Um, do we judge people who are covered in tattoos? Absolutely. Um, You're. Best friend is covered in tattoos. There's so many people. It's fucking weird. I have two. I'm getting another one tomorrow night. Are you? Yup. Of what? A French phrase. I thought you were going to say a French fry. And I was like, Uh. you're the best. (laughs) That's the coolest. 
because they have butter on them. I don't think French fries are made with butter. They're made with oil. Grease? Oil? They're oil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about food. I'm trying to get over my cooking trauma and like learn about cooking. Why uh, do you have a cooking trauma again? <clears throat> it's very dark. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> Just a bear shit in the woods. <laughs> um, I had a violent stepfather who made my mother like June Cleaver cook all the time and uh-huh. she hates cooking. And if she fucked it up, he would hurt her physically. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I didn't like to eat it because, mm-hmm. first of all, kids don't really eat things anyways. And second mm-hmm. of all, it was b- bad. Mm-hmm. And he would stab a huge steak knife near my hand and mm-hmm. say, eat, Adrian, eat. And then give me a time to be finished with the dinner and like point to the microwave clock and say, if mm-hmm. you're not finished by whatever time, I'm going to spank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and invariably, I never made it because mm-hmm. it was not a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. He wanted to hit me. And if my mom wasn't there he would poke my hand with the knife and leave little tiny nicks. I have little white scars on my hand now. And if my brother and I spoke up, he would say, do you want me to do this to your mom? And then we would not say anything to her. So cooking in general mm-hmm. reminds me of, how, and then obviously my mom had trauma for that. So for years after she was just like, I, I don't want to fucking cook. I'll bring home a Costco pizza. I'll bring home. By a the da-da-da. way, there's something really funny about this to me, about the fact that your mom was a bad cook. Maybe she was always a bad cook, but then she went through this abuse with your, with your stepdad mm-hmm. where she was like, oh, I'm just, anytime someone's like, your food's terrible. Your mom's like, I, was I had an abusive ex-husband. Okay, I used to be a great cook. I was the Julia Childs of Florida. California. I was raised in California. California. Yeah, it's a yeah. That was a lot. So there's a lot of trauma there, yeah. and I also just don't know how to cook because my mom didn't and didn't teach it to me and yeah. hated it and I hated it. So I'm I'm trying to get better. New Year's Eve, I spent with the guy we're talking about mm-hmm. cooking mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know any, how to do anything, so he was guiding me. Yeah, he's a good cook. He's a good cook. Yeah, he's and, a great cook. Um, I was very helpful. I'm a really good sous chef, and I'm really good at cleaning while cooking. Like, oh. By the time the baking was done, speak on it. The kitchen oh. was clean. Oh, you know how I love that OCD tendency. I know you do. I know you do. Oh. And that's like my best fucking thing. By I the way, we need to talk really quickly. Um, um, putting the pots and pans in the dishwasher. Pots and pans don't go in a dishwasher. I bought them specifically because they're dishwasher safe. You wash pots and pans by hand. It extends the life of them. You got really good pots and pans. Yeah. Don't fuck those up in the dishwasher. Okay? I mean, I do hand wash them first. Wa- hand wash them only. They okay. never go in the dishwasher. Okay. Like you have like you have really good pots and pans. Yeah. Keep it that way. Yeah. Hand wash them, put them on the stove, let them air dry. Okay. Don't put those things in the dishwasher. Why do they say dishwasher safe? Because they, because that's for fat, lazy people. Oh, okay. Back to my point. Um, <laughs> um, I'm neither of those things, so I'll yeah. hand wash and dry in the. Not all fat people rack. are lazy. Just the fat people who are lazy and put their pots and pans in the. They're like, don't be fucking lazy. Yeah, don't be lazy. I, I agree. I, I have a really big problem with lazy people, and yeah. I have a really big problem ever looking lazy, weak, or stupid. Yeah. So I'm constantly moving and doing things. I'm constantly letting people know how yeah. strong I am by lifting things and mm-hmm. hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And I have to display my intelligence or I'm going to go fucking crazy. Okay. Those are the, any of those three things ever, if anyone ever thinks that, I will kill myself. Yeah. I was, I had that, I was pretty self-conscious because I was in like, I was dyslexic when I was a kid and I was like an extra special, like not extra special. I was in extra special reading classes mm-hmm. um, to kind of like help with that. And I was always like, they would call it um, uh, stupid kids. <laughs> um, and the kids in class, that's literally, I'm like, you you guys are so stupid, you can't even think of a better name for what the stupid kids have to do after uh-huh. school. Um, and anyway, so we'd have to do these like extra reading classes. And I was always very like self-conscious about just 
the people's perception. I mean, I still am a fucking goddamn yeah. adult, but people's perception of my intelligence. And I remember when I graduated, I graduated with like magna cum laude in high school. And a guy goes to me, he goes, oh, I don't know you're smart. And I was like, that literally cuts me to my core. It's like the first thing yeah. I feel like most people would say about you. I mean, I don't well, think, I, I don't think I'm like a, I'm a, <clears throat> I mean, I think I'm a smart person. I don't think I'm the smartest person. I think I'm, you know, I have the capacity to learn things, but it's just important to me that no one think I'm dumb. Yeah. I feel That's you. like a, that is a, you know, biggest fear. It's funny to me that someone, let's just get into it. It's funny to me that someone who has a phobia of someone thinking they're dumb that you would have blonde hair. Cause I feel like blondes are like the most stereotyped, stupid people. I love the juxtaposition and I love surprising people. Yeah. The titties are a surprise too. Well, I didn't do those. God did those. I know, but like you can play up your titties. Yeah. I don't. There's, um, Very often. there's this comedian, Leah Knauer. She, um, I was just on her podcast a couple yeah, weeks ago. I love her. She, uh, <clears throat> once said to me, she's like, she was like bummed out about something. She got an, she got a big meeting and she's like, I feel like the only reason I got this big meeting was, you know, because this guy is like, was like staring at my tits the whole time. I was like, bitch, you got tits. There's l no way around it. Mm -hmm. Your tits are, might be the thing that's going to get you into every room you're going to go into mm -hmm. starting off in your career. Mm -hmm. It's what you have in your brain and what's going to come out of your face that's going to keep you coming back to those rooms. Yeah, I definitely, I know that I have a lot of opportunities because of the way that I look. Yeah. And I, it would be uh, irresponsible of me not to recognize that. So I was just talking about that with a, a comic in San Diego where mm -hmm. we we're talking about like all the tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And um, as we know, I'm not a dress up person. I'm not a... I'm not like a let me look sexy person. You're a uh, schlub. I'm a schlub. Yeah. I am. I genuinely don't like getting dressed up. Except when I, I push you into dressing nice. Yes. And even then I fucking hate it. Um, but when I do, when I am dressed up, I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, but it's not like one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to keep Christmas day. I'm going to keep this up. You looked great. Thanks. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like to, to deny to continue to deny myself access to that tool in my toolbox, I'm like, I'm just doing myself a giant disservice. Agreed. Um, and I think, you know, it's like as women, it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman sexualizing herself to get ahead. I don't either. I actually don't think there's anything wrong at all with a woman wanting to fuck her way to the top. Mm. If she wants to <laughs> go for it. I could never, I, I couldn't, it's not a personal thing I could do. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like in all, in all of this Me Too, um, you know, there are women who were absolutely taken advantage of. 100%. And there are absolutely women who were 100% taking advantage right back. Yes. And to those women, I say bravo. Yeah. To those women, I say, if you can do that and you can sleep at night, <laughs> good for fucking you, bitch. I couldn't. I feel bad for the women who were like, that's all they had. Yeah. And now they can't do that anymore. I also just don't have the confidence to think that I could get ahead like that. And like, maybe that'll come, but I just don't think it's, I, that's a bartering system. I don't subscribe to mm -hmm. that. I truly don't believe like, all right, I'm going to suck this dick. And then the guy's just going to be like, well, that was some killer head kid. You got the part. Like, I just don't think that's the way it actually goes down. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I don't think that is truly like the, you know, it's like <clears throat> how many dicks do you have to suck to get the part? It starts with a text message. It always starts with a text message. Yeah, but then it's just like, hey, loved your meeting today. Really great. Want to grab drinks sometime. Did you see Bombshell, the movie about um, Megyn Kelly? I did not. You got to see it. It's great. Okay. Um, but uh, it's just, yeah, there was a system in place 
that everybody was just like, it is what it is. Everybody turns a blind eye to it. Um, and there were people who got ahead because of it. And it's like, what can you do? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. There's something you do a lot. Uh, you're on your watch a lot. Not your phone. You're on your watch a lot. I get a lot of texts. I know. It was, this was a work text. Yeah. But um, they can't have me right now. Yeah. I'm focused on you. You need to put your phone in airplane mode. You're right. I have my phone in airplane mode right now. I think just we just had a big project at the shop last night. Yeah. I was there till. Oh, yeah. How was that? It was great. They punched a hole in the wall, and uh, we're putting a, an express window. Who, who, how'd they punch the hole in the wall? Sledgehammer? With a regular hammer. No, really? Because it's such a small Did hole. Did you get to do it? No, he said no. <laughs> Dude, the commercial I just shot last week, there was a part where I got to hit a birdhouse. Oh, my God. With a baseball bat. So they made three different birdhouses. I got to hit it with a baseball bat, <clears throat> and then I got to hit it with just like a yardstick. Oh, fuck. Oh, Did you come? Oh, Ugh. so hard. I hit Ugh. it so hard. They were like, Nicole, you every single person was like, do you have some serious anger issues? Like you hit that heart so hard. It was crazy. They're like, we want you to scream and hit it. I was Uh like, how loud do you want me to scream? They're like, just go for it. You got three takes, make it happen. I can't wait to see it. Oh, and then there was another scene where they, they pre-cracked a a rake, a yard rake. Mm -hmm. And I got to crack, smash it over my leg, Mm -hmm. but they pre-cracked it. So I didn't, but I like fucked up my leg from it. I have a huge bruise on my leg from it because I hit my leg so hard. I believe you did. And they were like, break it over your leg and then hold up the pieces and scream. And I was like, it was violent. And everybody on set was like, Nicole, like, are you like genuinely, are Are you you okay? okay?" (laughs) Did it feel good to scream? Adrian? Amazing. Yeah. I want to go to one of those break rooms. I feel like we could do that together and really bond. <laughs> it's $45 minimum for like just, you can break a few things. And if you pay more in increments, you can, I've looked this up. There's tears. Yeah. There's going to be tears. <laughs> fucking all right. Tears you and I are going to go there. You and I are going to go there and fucking, we're like, give us the highest tier and yeah. we're going to max out on our fucking tears. And you clean it up. And just us crying, beating the yeah. shit out of things. Oh, I mean, I'm, I, it, it felt so good to hit something. Yeah. I, I want a box. So I when I went through a breakup in 2000, uh, 2009, 12? I think I went through it. No, it was 2009. It was when I was working in advertising. Um, the ad agency that I worked at was right next to this gym. I don't know if it's there anymore. It was called Bodies in Motion mm-hmm. in West LA. And they had a boxing ring and like they had like real boxing instructors mm-hmm. there. And I remember when I went through this breakup, uh, I was talking to at the gym with one of the boxing guys. And he was like, I was telling him like how bummed out I was about this breakup and how much anger I had. And he's like, girl, you would love boxing. You really should try it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm my dad was, when I was a kid, he'd always used to like fake spar with me. He'd always be like, move your head, move your head. And then he'd like smack me in my head in like a nice way. Not like a, I have trauma. Not like my dad. Not like your stepdad. (laughs) Um, My dad was always just like, gotta keep moving. Gotta keep moving. Move your head, move your feet. Um, And, uh, I was like, I, you know, I was like that. I was like, thought it was fun. My dad would like put up his hands and I'd like hit his hands. And it was just kind of like a playful, fun thing. And then this guy was like, you should do it. And I did it. And dude, whoa. First of all, easily the best shape I've ever been in yeah. in my life, ever. But it was fucking spiritual. Yeah. It it was one of the best feelings. You're hitting that bag. Yo, you'll go off. I, I took a class. Um, yeah. I was less in shape and more angry. Yeah. And, uh, but I hadn't been cheating on yet. And it felt like they were playing like hard, like metal rock music mm-hmm. and yelling at me a lot. Mm-hmm. So it felt very like aggressive and like stepdaddy vibes in there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love it. And then they were like, if they throw the ball at you and hit you, you have to do 10 burpees. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like they hit me with the ball and I just fucking stared the guy down. And he was like, you're fine. 
just, you, know, you don't, don't worry about the brakes. Oh, just get back on the bag. Uh, Keep going. I can't box now because of my torn labrum in my hip. Yeah. And uh, every time I say labrum, someone thinks I'm talking about my labia. I didn't tear my labia. No, no. My... I mean, I know I tore the labrum in my shoulder. So yeah. it's, it's very painful and yeah. I'm doing physical therapy and cryotherapy, which by the way, you got to come to cryo. Did you get the MRI by the way? No. My physical therapist tells me we probably don't need to get an MRI okay. because we're, they can feel where the tear is. Yeah. I'd like to not go that route. I'd like to not know what else is wrong yeah. with my body right now. I mean, I feel like you should know. If I'm MRIing my hip, why don't I do my knee? Why don't I do my ankle? Why don't I do my shoulder? You know what I mean? Well, because your hip's the thing that's killing you to the point where it's debilitating? Well, my knee and, and Your knee's are, debilitating too? My left leg hurts now for compensating for the limp on my right. So Honestly, my, I, I gotta, I think it's probably because you're doing too much fucking. You think that's from fucking? But, I mean, you're, from the sounds of it, it sounds like you could be stressing out your body. Did I hear you guys having sex today? Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah, it was weird. I was like, I gotta put some music on quick. Did you hear me and him or just me? I heard you and then I heard a bed and I was like, please, for the love of God, just don't let me hear him. And then I went into my room and I was like, music, music, music. I had a feeling that's why that was on. Yeah. Um, I'm buying like pool noodles to fortify your bed. Yeah. It's like against the wall so that because it, it's I know it's loud. It's a uh, it's a lot. And I'm not going to stop. So yeah, no, no, no. no. More power to you. Don't <laughs> yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. Don't stop. It was just one of those things where it's like my brother. It's like my brother's having sex. We were try we were gonna be chill, but like we had a wonderful breakfast after like a wonderful Girl, night. you don't need to be chill. I by, by the way, this is what I was imagining. Him being like, yo, Adrian, just like chill, relax. And you being like, just fuck it. I don't care if she hears. Just fuck me. Uh, um, that was what I was imagining. And then he was like, all right. And then it was like ding, 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 ding. No one said anything about not being loud. So and yeah. I was actually trying to rein it in, Girl, but honestly, am, it's fucking phenomenal sex, and I can't Girl, help myself. Live your live your truth. Yeah. Come to your truth. Your best friend that's like your brother. God, yeah. I love fucking him so much. I cannot get enough. I Good cannot. for you. I'm I want it right now, and I like just left him two hours ago. Good for you. Good yes. For you. Yes. 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 Well, I'm um, uh, <laughs> going to die alone. Let's talk about glitches. Glitches. Um, you have one. Can okay. You don't understand, do you? I mean, I did, but I think just for the sake of the <clears throat> podcast listeners. Let me I, do one. What is a glitch exactly? It is a coincidence, a deja vu, an occurrence, a weird feeling, a ghost sighting, uh, a cosmic God shot, like anything that feels like the universe uh, like ripped open for a second and the simulation was opened and, and something interfered to give you what you needed in that moment or, mm -hmm. or just some fun, you know, happenstance that happened. Like mm -hmm. for me, since we're talking about this guy, I was dating somebody, he was dating somebody, you uh, introduced me to him and I was like smitten immediately. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't affect my relationship because I was like, I like this guy. I'm going to try to, you know, try it uh -huh. out. I broke up with him two days before this guy broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah. And we've been seeing each other ever since. Yeah. So, and like, I didn't know he was breaking up. He didn't know I was breaking up. Yeah. Had nothing to do with each other. I feel like that was the universe being like, whatever this is between you two, it's supposed uh -huh. to happen right now. Yeah. That's a glitch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a glitch. I mean, I, I can, I, deja vu. I was once told deja vu is, is one of the takes on deja vu is that you are experiencing something that's breaking through from your past life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Deja vu literally means already seen. Yeah, but it's specifically from your past life. That's what a deja vu is. It's not necessarily like, I feel like I've been here before, like in my lifetime. Like it's like I've been here before in my last lifetime. And I remember this was my glitch. Um, I, my mom took our family to Paris when I was a little kid. And I was like seven or eight years old. And I remember I remember every time we had been on a vacation anywhere, it was always like, I was like, it always felt like vacation. Mm -hmm. But there was something about Paris that just felt super familiar. Like walking on the streets just felt like, and and when I was a kid, I wasn't like, I feel like I've been here before. I wasn't even, it wasn't even a deja vu thing. Mm -hmm. It was just a level of comfort that I had, like walking around in a city as a seven-year-old. And then, um... So it was a pervasive feeling of deja vu, not just like an instant. It, was it wasn't like, an instant. It was just like this we- this feeling I had, just like it just felt right. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had lost my luggage flying there. Fuck them. And we, when we got there, we had to go shopping. This was back oh, in no. the day when <laughs> when um it was Northwest Airlines. Northwest Airlines would give you like a ton of money if they lost your bag. They'd okay. be like, here's all the money. Go buy shit. And my mom went fucking buck wild. (laughs) And I remember all the places we went to in Paris, every time we walked into a new place, I just like made myself at home. And I'm kind of that way to begin with. But there was just something about Paris that felt very familiar. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was seven. And then years ago, when I worked in international sales and marketing before I got into stand-up comedy, uh, I used to go to Paris for work all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I went there, I was an adult. I was 22. Um, I hadn't been there since I was seven. And I just remember walking around being like, God, I'm so comfortable here. Like I would just, I stayed at a hotel. I would like wake up. I would just like walk down the street. Like any other city I was going to, because I went I went to pretty much every major city in Europe for work. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those things where it was like, I didn't feel this ability that I could just like walk out the door and go wherever. I had to like plan where I was going to go. But for some reason, when I was in Paris, I was like, this just all feels right. Every every street corner I went to just felt cozy. And tu pars français. Tu pars français, oui. But when I was back in LA, um, I worked at a a denim company, a denim um, manufacturer, and the office was in South Central. And everybody I worked with was Mm Spanish-speaking. I was literally the only white girl in the office. And I was there on a weekend uh, with one of the production managers, and we were just doing shit and whatever. And her, she brought her daughter that day. She had this 14-year-old daughter, and I'd never met her daughter before. And the production manager, I was friends with her, but we weren't like, she didn't know anything about me. Um, and her daughter, we were in the same office, and her daughter was just sitting there, like, you know, drawing, mm-hmm. spinning around in a piece, spinning around in a chair, just acting like a fucking kid. And then at some point, she, the little girl starts whispering to her mom. She was like 13 or 14. And the mom was like, you can go ahead. You can tell her. She's cool. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is she going to tell me? It was so juicy. I was so excited. And she's like, I know this is going to sound really weird. She's like, but my daughter, my mother, the the girl's grandmother, mm-hmm. my grandmother, my mother is a, a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter is just now realizing that she has medium powers and she's reading you right now. And she was wondering if it was okay if she tells you what she's seeing. And I was like, I had never... I had never even had my horoscope done at that time. Like it was, this was such a foreign, weird thing to Mm me. I wasn't even the person who read her horoscopes in the back of a fucking magazine. Like that's how not woo woo I was. And then this girl was like, she was like, um, 
she's like, you lived, she's like, you were an artist in Paris in the 50s. Mm. And she was like, and you died young. She's like, and you reincarnated quickly. Because reincarnation is supposed to take much longer. Like your soul kind of like waits to reincarnate, I guess. She's like, she's like, but your soul reincarnated quickly. Um, She's like, and then she kind of like described what the streets looked like. Uh Uh-huh. And it was this, this, it's called the Marais. It's a part of Paris that I like really love. Um, and it's like, I don't know if that's specifically what she was describing. She's like, she's like, but you lived in an area where a lot of artists live. And there's a lot of, a lot of artists who lived in at Marais, uh-huh. the Marais at one point, especially during the fifties. Um, and it was just like, when she said that, I was like, oh my God. That's a glitch. That's what, that's what she was seeing. She then proceeded to go around the entire <laughs> office. She didn't know anybody in the office. Mm-hmm. She only knew that's the first time she had been there. She went up to each person's desk, sat down at the person's desk, stood up and then told me every single person, every single thing about that person at that desk. And it was accurate. Fucking a thousand percent accurate. Damn. So do you believe in that shit? I do. I do believe in it. I do believe there's, I believe there's some, there are some people on this earth who can see just who, who can see more than the dimension right in front of us and who don't need hallucinogenics to do it. Sometimes I hear other people's thoughts in their head and they get freaked out. It happened to my sister pretty recently. Uh-huh. And she she's like, every time that happens, I fucking hate it. It's so creepy. I believe that that happens with sisters. <clears throat> I mean, it ha- happens with other people, too. And, and that I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I believe it happens with sisters, though. I believe there is something... In psychology, they refer to sibling relationships that are close in age. They refer to siblings as the witness. You're a witness. You're the, that's your witness. She's eight years younger. Then she's not your witness. But um, there is... Oh, and she's not... Is she your blood sister? Or is she, half. she your half-sister? Yeah. Okay, then it doesn't apply. So then maybe it is a little witchy. Um, My brother and I were a year apart. Yeah. And same mom, same dad. Now your brother is we your hear, witness. We hear each other's thoughts yeah. all the time. Your brother is your witness completely. <clears throat> um. Because there is no one in your life, like when you are a sibling, when you have a sibling close in age, and it's even more so obviously with twins, mm-hmm. there is no one else in your life who has been witness to more of your life yeah. than your sibling, more so than your parents. There's no one on this earth who actually knows you more intimately at yeah. a certain point in your life than your sibling. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that to me is what makes for like a witchy, like sibling connection. We definitely have a witchy connection. Yeah. He calls it, uh, we are twins whenever we do something, mm-hmm. say something at the same time, mm-hmm. make the same decision. Or if mm-hmm. my mom's like, pick out something that Adrian wants or pick out something Alex wants and we pick exactly what the other one would want. Yeah. Like, we were raised pretty much like twins, only yeah. a year apart. So Yeah. My we, brother and I were raised like twins, but didn't have that sort of thing. Like if you were like, I mean, I maybe at this point I could... Maybe if if you were like pick something for your brother, I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> like he has money, he can buy it himself. Like I, but like the fact that you know your brother mm-hmm. and like know what he would want, mm-hmm. like that to me is like, there's it's more to it. It's it's the whole idea of like nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that are inexplicable for sure. And to me, those are like the witchy, like cool things. Those are glitches to me. But I think mediums. I think there are people on this earth who can see between different planes mm-hmm. of existence. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Like I can't find the sense in it. Like I was talking about this the other day with somebody, like when someone's like that person has bad energy and it's rubbing off on me. 
on a molecular, like scientific level, that actually makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like matter is neither created nor just destroyed. So right now there's matter floating around your body. Mm-hmm. There's matter floating around my body. If I'm in a bad mood, my particles are charged a certain sure. way. It's going to rub off on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to me, it's like that's science. So if someone's like that person has bad energy. I don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I respect that. That makes complete Someone's sense. Someone's anxiety feels like yeah. poison to you. Yeah. Because it, it probably is being in the someone's space you will exchange energy fields. I mean, I don't, I don't even know like what the exact <laughs> scientific either. term, but like that makes sense yeah. to me. When, when you tell me that someone is able to see, there is no way she could have said and known what she had known. Oh, and then she goes also like, she said something, she goes, you live to entertain people. She's like, that is your gift. That's what you're put on this earth for is Damn. entertaining people. Damn, that's creepy. I wasn't doing stand-up comedy at the time. I wasn't doing anything at the time creative. I wasn't even doing, at one point I started doing theater. I wasn't doing zero. She knew nothing about me. Mm-hmm. And th- that was a moment now, even more so in hindsight, that I'm like, holy fuck. How does she know that? And then um, she her she did an astrological chart for me. She mm-hmm. like wrote it out and like gave it to her mom and brought it to me. And I, I wish I fucking kept it. I don't know where it is. Um, I mean, I'm sure I kept it. I don't throw anything away. Um, but anywho, yeah, that was like, that was kind of crazy. But to me, as someone who loves science, I can't find the science in that. There's, mm-hmm. there's no logic in that. There's also no logic. There's a little more logic in two siblings having a connection. Sure. But for you to be like, yeah, sometimes I'll hear people's thoughts. I'm like, no, there's literally no logic in that. Unless you were able to present me with evidence you know, it's probably a linguistics thing. Yeah. Um, this is, I have to drop that I'm a linguist in every episode because mm. that's who I'm as a person. Mm. I feel like it's, um, I can feel the cadence of their conversation and the mm. word that they're looking for. Mm. Contextually, I can figure it out before they can kind of thing. So I think that's probably a look I don't of it. think that's necessarily even you being a linguist. I think that's you just being hyperintuitive and aware of people's energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think being a linguist probably trained me better. You were like that before you were a linguist. Sure. You were intuitive and you could pick up on things. And I think that was what predisposed you to liking being a linguist. Sure. Um, I think you were always inherently like that way as a person. You were always that person who was just kind of like analyzing whatever information you could, whatever data you could. And I think that's, you know, without being like, it's, it's a trauma response. I think when children have trauma... And you are a child and trauma makes no sense to a child. When something terrible happens to a child, there's no sense in it. A child's, first of all, still trying to make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. So I think as a child, when you go through something traumatic, you're in some way grasping at whatever little drop of information you can to make sense of like, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. And I think that just started the wheels turning for you of like trying to understand as much as you possibly could. To stay safe. To stay safe. Yeah. To, to, to... Not just stay safe, but to comprehend why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of the times when something terrible happens, like I was listening that the Holocaust, um, the podcast about the Holocaust, Elie Wiesel was like, I never made, I have never made peace with what happened. I have never been able to make sense of it. He, you know, it's like, he's like, you are, you are, they say you are able to find meaning in everything. He's like, I have found no meaning Mm -hmm. in the Holocaust, none at all, zero Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And I think a trauma of that degree like it, we all seek to make sense of 
bad things that happen. If somebody passes away, like Kobe Bryant died today. Yeah. You know, and it's just like uh, the the this like outpouring of love like why him you know why'd this have to happen you know and then people are like you know getting mad they're like don't forget he was a rapist and it's like yeah but like okay so dying was the punishment Mm -hmm. he deserves to die with his fucking daughter in an (gasps) airplane his daughter was in the airplane no yeah oh i didn't know the details there were two other parents there were it was there were two kids in the plane there were two kids and two adults (sighs) and it's like okay great yeah 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 he may have raped someone. I don't I don't remember the whole thing that happened. I remember the diamond that his wife got. Oh yeah. So everybody remembers that. Still can't forget that thing. I mean, that is his legacy, that goddamn mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it's to me, it's like, all right, well, I can't make sense of that. I cannot make sense of there's I don't care if he raped someone or not. There's there's okay, so he gets what he deserves. His him and his daughter die. Is that justice? And it's like That's not- I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like we try to we try to make sense of things. We try to find meanings and meaning in things. And I think what you had gone through as a child predisposes predisposes you to having a desire to analyze and break down. And I think it's just and I also think your mom is a programmer. Yeah. She comes she comes from an analytical mind. And I did programming in college and I loved it yeah because you can sit down like i remember when i tried to when i tried to make my first web page mm-hmm. i was like all right here's all the code to make the web page you'd enter it in and you'd load the web page and you'd be like ah oh, that's not working mm-hmm. compiler you knew you could make it work yeah. you just needed to find the glitch yep. you yep. just needed to find the thing that wasn't working but it was like it never felt impossible mm-hmm. Because no matter what, you can make sense. Science makes sense completely. There are hard, steadfast rules in science. And I think that's why that why medicine is always kind of like a fascinating thing to me. Because there are going to be things that are going to come up in medicine that, you know, defy all the rules. Yep. And there's going to be new diseases and new things that are going to make no sense. And it's like, but the but we had the book and we had the coat. But I think you come from a woman who who um her predisposition her her nature mm-hmm. became your nature yeah. her analytical mind her and i think that's why when when you can't do things and you're not able to understand things it is frustrating to you because it's not necessarily like i'm a genius i can figure out anything you're just like i have a logical mind yeah i should be able to deduce and figure out what's happening mm-hmm. and i think I think that's one reason why, you know, you, you're always like, you have this desire to, like when it comes to your, your ex-husband, I don't want to talk about him for too long, but when it comes to your ex-husband, you're like constantly like, I need as much information as I can mm-hmm. to understand what happened and where it went, went wrong. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, well this happened. I didn't, I didn't recognize that as, as a piece of information at the time, but now I do. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like you're assembling this like big puzzle in front of you. But what's sad about that is that searching for information and trying to comprehend something and put it together, you can make sense of everything in the world except human emotions. Yeah. Human emotions aren't a computer program. I struggle with that so much. And that is like, that is extremely hard. Like that is, and it's like, all right, well, great. You've, you've been able to code, you know, a database, like, 
I remember I when in college I did I did database coding. That was my thing specifically. And then I remember I had an acting teacher a few years ago. He was like, hey, can you come in and like help us with our database? It's FileMaker Pro. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm like, oh, that's actually like what I what I did programming in. And he's like, yeah, we're just having trouble. And he's like, you know, this guy is telling me it's going to take forever. And I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm like, I haven't done this since college. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and I was like, all right, Nicole, like just you can figure this out. Like this is mm-hmm. doable. Mm-hmm. And I like sat down in front and took an hour to do it. And I was like, all right, cool. I did it. And I was like, and it felt so good mm-hmm. to be able to just do it. Like I knew I had the skill set to do it and then I executed and I made it happen. And I think one of the biggest frustrations with something like divorce mm-hmm. and the decay of a relationship is it's like, it doesn't matter how long you sit down and try to get all the details mm-hmm. and try to put all the pieces on the on the table. You're never going to get a full picture. I know. Especially because we're no contact and I don't. I can't dive even, in with him. Even if you had contact, you mm-hmm. could have all the contact in the world. It will never, ever, ever be a complete picture. I know. I know. And that's just like the reality of relationships. It's scary. Every relationship I'm in right now is scary. Every friendship I have, every person I'm dating, it's like I, I feel like it might end any second. I don't... I don't think you're afraid of something ending. I think you're afraid of what it's going to feel like afterwards. After it ends? Like, I think you're afraid of, like, the pain and the trauma. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. You're afraid of trauma. Yes. I'm tired of it. You're not afraid of... I don't even think you're afraid of being alone. No. I think you're afraid of the the pain that comes with something ending. Mm-hmm. And the trauma of it. Very insightful of you. I definitely am. Because I think you're very, I think you're good at being a very like independent person. I think there's a lot of like women on this planet. There's a lot of women on this planet. I'm going to speak like a fucking idiot. Um, I think women are are creatures that don't like to be alone. Um, I think society is kind of programmed it that way. Mm-hmm. I think our capacity to exist in this world has been dictated a great deal um, uh, by the men in our lives. Yes. Um, you know, the idea of like a woman being a gold digger. Mm-hmm. Oh, that oh, that makes you mad. A woman wanting to use a man for money. That's the system you guys put in place. Yep. Women it. couldn't have fucking money at one point in time. Mm-hmm. They could only have a man's money. So it's like I feel like society and history has has positioned women to be in a in in a dependent position. And I don't fault women for there's the women in the world who are like, I always need to be in a relationship or just the serial monogamists. I, I, but I don't, I don't necessarily see you. I see you as a serial monogamist. Um, I think it's just because there's so much shit going on in your brain that I think it's just the healthiest way for your brain to exist (laughs) with one person, with one person. Yeah. I feel like it's like, You've already got like all these avenues in your brain um, and there's so much information going through them that I think the simplicity of monogamy. I could see that. Is that is your, that's, that's what works for you. That's what works for your brain chemistry. Definitely. definitely But I see you, I don't see you as a dependent girl. I don't see you as a girl who's like, you know, it's like. I don't see you as someone who always needs a boyfriend and like you can't stand on your own. Like you are a very like independent person. Yeah. I'm a grown woman. 
But you are the person who very much wants just like a partner in crime, a sounding board, somebody to be with. Yeah. Someone to have sex with. Yeah. I'm very horny. You yeah, know you're this. very horny. I'm very horny. <laughs> Wait till you get older. I mean, I'm pretty old right now. Bitch. <laughs> I'm in my early to mid late thirties. Well, and, my mom's horny. I hope it never goes away. I'm going to try really hard to let, not let it go away. Yeah. And I really want, yeah, I want a partner in crime. I want yeah. someone to fuck with me and hang out and travel and do shit and yeah. just not hold space is the word. Hold space for me to be mm. who I am and do what I want to do. And yeah. my, my issue is that I lose myself to accommodate for the other person. And I can't do that anymore. I've only known you in your relationship with your ex mm -hmm. and now with my friend. Um, I never saw you as an accessory with your ex. In hindsight, I now know that's what a lot of it was. Mm -hmm. um, Even moving to LA instead of New York. That yeah. was me following him. I also, in your new relationship with my friend, there are moments of, of, and I, I am frustrated by them, but it's your life. I'm not going to fucking say anything, but since we're doing a podcast and it needs to be interesting, there are moments where I find you, uh, accessorizing yourself to him a little more than I would like, but really, yeah, we don't go anywhere or do anything. We just have sex. <sighs> There's other things. It's not necessarily the going and doing of anything. Okay. It's more of like your desire to like help him excel in what he does. That's me with any of my friends. You can't I try to help keep you being too. a fixer for everybody. I know, but it's not, I'm saying it's not specific to uh, sexual relationships. relationships. It's with everybody, including yeah. siblings, including friends. I like to help people. I like to be of service. Yeah. And I know that there's a weird line between being codependent and losing yourself for someone else and yeah. being of service. And I'm trying to dance I it. just, the only reason I am <clears throat> weary about that is just because of what went on with your ex. I know. And you ultimately being like this person who's like the, the cheerleader, the person who lifts him up. The person who stands by his side, um, you know, you put the training wheels on his bike and then you took him off and you let him ride. And he rode away. Yeah, and he rode away. Yep. Which and is so fine. it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I have I had a joke about it years ago that I'm the training wheels of girlfriends. Like I will turn you into the man that you need to be and let you ride off into the sunset to the woman you're meant to be with. And I just I I don't know, like I, the person you're with, obviously I love him to fucking pieces. He's mm -hmm. my best friend and I want amazing things for him. And any drop of help you give him, I think is a beautiful thing. But then there's that part of me that's as your friend, I'm just like, all right, well, don't let this be a slippery slope into you being, um, the, the permanent cheerleader to him. I do think that in any relationship, friendship or sexual, you should cheerlead to an extent. To an extent, to an yeah. extent. But like, I give advice. I'm not doing things to help his yeah. career. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I don't, I see, I don't know that. But that's that's why I'm like, that's why I'm like, I've, I've never said anything before. But now because it's makes for an interesting podcast. Are you guys finding this interesting? <laughs> Probably not. Um, there's another glitch that happened when you sat down earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, so I sat down at the table and I looked down and the name of the guy who she was dating couple months ago. A couple months ago, who she started, the first person she started dating out of her um, marriage, um, his name is on the table right below me. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Which is crazy, yeah. 
It's very crazy. I think that's a, a really, really big glitch. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that it happened right as you were asking me what I think. I was like, this is. is, I was, it was one of those things where I looked down at it and I was like, oh, she's got to know it's there. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I was like, this is, this is crazy. I see it. I see By it. By the way, it says name. his name and then in parentheses next to it, it says who? Question mark. <laughs> He's funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Wait, what's the date today? Oh. It's uh, o- almost a year ago. Almost 11 months ago. ago. We're still buds. Um, yeah, I don't like to end bad with anybody. That's why I promise, I promise when this thing ends with your friend, he can still come over. We're going to be fine. Like, I'm, I'm a I mean, adult. who knows if it's going to end? Who knows? I mean, I, the nihilist in me thinks it will. Well, the nihilist thinks it'll end too, but yeah. maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Who knows? Right now, I'm just enjoying one day at a time. Yeah. That's the way to be. You have any other glitches? Um, I'm like trying to. <sighs> Don't try too hard. I rem- there are so many glitches that happen all the time. You always remember them when uh, when you leave. Um, Let's play a game. Don't play a game. <laughs> do you yeah, wait, play hold a game? on. I think I remember. A oh, glitch. do you? I'm trying to remember. Okay. Something happened the other day. Okay. Um, Dead air is always great. Nicole. Okay, wait. <laughs> here's here's some some weird things that have happened. Okay, so one of the things I said that. Uh, in in 2020, I want to manifest more of is is being outdoors more and okay. more nature. Mm-hmm. And I I'm gonna climb Mount Whitney in June or July. I have mm-hmm. to apply for my permit June 1st. Um, Where is or, that? Uh, February 1st. Where is that? Um, it's just north of um, Los Angeles. It's about like three or four hours north. Mm-hmm. It's in Lone Pine. Okay. Um, it's the tallest mountain. It's four, 14,505 feet. Um, tallest mountain in the nor- lower 48. Okay. Um. Anywho, so I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to climb this Mm -hmm. in 2020. And I was like, I want more. I want more of an outdoor life in 2020 because it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And then I met this dude online Mm -hmm. who was an editor of an outdoor magazine Uh kind of thing, like a publication. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) And it was like, I felt like that was the universe, like manifest. I don't know if that's a glitch or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, I was like, I love you, but I, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it's not, maybe not necessarily even that I'm meant to be with this person, mm-hmm. but he is meant to show me, Time like just following him on Instagram. I'm like, he's like, everything he does is outdoors and mm-hmm. cool. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, I think it just reaffirms my um, desire to, you know, explore the great outdoors more in 2020. Go out, go out a lot. I'll go with you when my hip is healed. Okay, hurry up. I'm trying. I'm in physical therapy twice a week and I go to cryotherapy almost every day. What more can I do? And I've already asked him to change all the sex positions so I'm not hurting myself and he's accommodated greatly. So no longer. What a guy. He really is the best. What a gem. He really is the best. Okay, this is a game in a segment that I like to call Linglitch Sticks. Linglitch Sticks. Do you okay. like that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's great. Okay. Um, I love how you're like, you get it? Got it? <clears throat> you get it. You're the smart person. Yeah. Uh, you're the smart person. I'm you're the smart. one. You're the, the one. one. There's, There's the one. one. There's, There's only, only one. one here. Hi. Uh, so this is a game where I tell you a word, uh, hopefully that you don't know the definition of already. Okay. And then I tell you a fake definition and a real definition. And you have to decide which one is the real definition. Okay. Yeah? Uh-huh. Do you know the word gasconade? Gasconade or mm-hmm. gasconade? Gasconade. Can you spell it? G-A-S-C-O-N-A-D-E. No, I don't know that word. Okay. It is an instance of, 
of boastful talk uh-huh. or it is a situation that has become worsened by someone's behavior. Situation has been worsened by someone's behavior. What was the first one? An instance of boastful talk. Boastful talk. You are right. Yeah. Why do you think that? To gas someone, gas to boast, to gas to boast. I love that you use the prefix and figure it out like that yeah. because that's a very linguistic thing. Aid, what does aid mean? A-D-E. Uh, odd? Yeah. Uh, it makes it a noun. Um. Because uh, I was I was like, all right, so there's the prefix and then there's aid. And I was like, gas. And aid wasn't, I wasn't getting aid in any of those definitions. Mm. It's a hard one. Give uh, me another one. This was fun. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I do this all day. I love this shit. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a noun that's like, an a, there's an action, like to yeah. Yeah. do something to someone. Um, enervating. Enervating or enervating. Enervating. Spell it. E-N-E-R-V-A-T-I-N-G. Okay. To instill energy in another life force or to be exhausting. Enervating, exhausting. Yep. Why? Um, Because uh, I know it doesn't mean to instill. And in that situation needs to be, uh, it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the N is, there's something about the, it's a negation. Like to exhaust something is to take away. So I think N is a, in some way means to take away or yeah. to deplete. Mm-hmm. Well done. And ing is a verb. Yeah. Um, a gerund. Yeah, a gerund. Well oh, done. <sighs> this is fun. Does that make you what? Oh God, I could, do, no joke. Can we do this at home all the time? Yeah, for sure. You got to help me um, make fake oh, definitions. I can't wait. These will be so fun. <laughs> Uh, perspicacious. Perspicacious. Spell it. P-E-R-S-P-I-C-A-C-I-O-U-S. Okay. Is it being so persistent to the point of annoyance or is it to be highly perceptive? Perspicacious. Perceptive. Nice. Why? Um, per, per is pers, um, uh, to see. Pers, pers. Uh, per, to assign meaning. To see something. Yeah. So yeah. that's what... Yeah. Okay. You want to do one more? Yeah, one more. Okay. That's so fun. It's fun. Saxicolus. S-A-X-I-C-O-L-O-U-S. Hmm? Is it a musical... What is that? Hold on. No, I just... I just cheated. Hold on. A musical rhythm... Known to instill anxiety mm-hmm. or something that lives on rocks. Spell you, it again. S-A-X-I-C-O-L-O-U-S. I mean, something that lives on rocks, I think. Really? Why? I don't know. It sounds like a noun. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something that lives on rocks. <laughs> you got them all right. Fuck you. Um, I like when I fool people. Um, I just, I, I, uh, I, I just think I enjoy like words. Like I remember I would always listen. I was a hor- I mean a horrible speller. Uh-huh. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But I watched every single spelling bee. Do you know, I used to read the dictionary, um, 
on the bus ride to school. I went to a, a magnet school for uh-huh. seventh and eighth grade, uh-huh. all black. That's why I didn't have a bat mitzvah because uh-huh. I didn't have any other Jews in Rome. And uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I uh, I went to a lot of parties though. I read the dictionary, a little a little pocket sized dictionary mm-hmm. on the way, and I get carsick. And I knew that I was going to get carsick, but I was so fucking bored mm-hmm. that I read anyway. And I I can't tell you how many times I threw up. When we like, or mm-hmm. the bus driver had to pull over, or mm-hmm. I puked on myself, mm-hmm. and I had to change my clothes before going to dance class, before going to school, mm-hmm. and it never stopped me from reading the fucking dictionary. Mm-hmm. And I'm I credit that to why I have such an excel, like a exalted vocabulary. I yeah. use the word exalted. It's a good word. <laughs> my mom has a really big vocabulary, and it's just she's because a fucking she, doctor. I mean, her, I mean, her vocabulary. She reads a lot. I mean, I if you saw the amount of books in our house, mm-hmm. you would be like. This is insanity. My mom I mean, my mom would read two books a week when I was a kid, my that's, whole life. I think that's what my mom's averaging. Yeah. And she audiobook listens when she's running and biking and swimming and hiking. I respect that. I my love a good audiobook. This is why I don't. How old is she? 60. Your mom's only 60? She had me when she was 25. Oh my God, you suck and fuck, lucky bitch. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, you're fine. And you're gonna have a great life. Energetic, yeah, and horny. So I think yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay like this forever. I love how you're like. Most people are like, yeah, my mom's you know 60s, still working out. You know, like health is like, you know, I come from a healthy stock. You're like, God, my mom loves to bone. She's, she fucks. Yeah, my mama's got got a need to get the pussy wet. She's know? got my tits. I mean, I've got her tits, so it's easy, still easy for her at 60 yeah. to get. Oh yeah. Tits, tits are the dudes. fucking great equalizer, man. They yeah. fucking, they bring everything. They bring, fuck man. And now if she can have I any hair color. I could get real fucking fake tit, like, re, like real, like fake tits. <laughs> no, but like I want tits that look like your tits. Like fake tits don't look like your tits. They don't? Like your tits sit like fake, like real tits. Like yeah. they have heaviness to them. They are very heavy. Like real t- fake tits just are just like high beams. <laughs> like they're no fun. Like there's no character, you know? Like I want titties that look like they have PTSD, you know? Uh, are you doing a bit on me right now? I did. I did Stop a bit. Stop it, Nicole. I know you're I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Speaking of your act, where can we see your act? Um, when is this being released? Um, probably in the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, if it's before the last weekend of February, I'm going to be at the American Comedy Co. in San Diego opening for Dave Attell the nice. last weekend of February. So like the 20, 27th, 28th, 29th. Yeah, it's a leap year. Yeah, first, something like that. Anyway, so last, very last weekend of February, I'll be there. Otherwise, I will always be at the Comedy Store. The Comedy Store. I'm there yeah. all the time. Check her Instagram um, and Twitter. And then I'm at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas the second week of March. And then I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in New York at some point towards the end of March. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Comedy Cellar. Um, comedy store. Sometimes I'm at the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm at the Improv. But whatever. Just follow me on Instagram at Nicole Amy. Um, Amy spelled A I M E spelled the French way. Yeah. Um, M A M A Nicole M A Nicole M A Schreiber. <laughs> um, and yeah, Adrian. Where can they find you? I'm your co-host for this podcast. Where can everybody find you, Adrian? At Cradrian. C R A Y D R I E N N E. And if you want to submit your own glitch to us, and maybe I'll read it on the next Did podcast. Did you say us? To me, to me, to me, to me, to me. I'm codependent. It's so funny. Adrian's like, I, I'm going to have it by myself. And I'm here for for one hour. And she's like, us. Us. Submit it's it us. to us. Uh, I'm codependent. We know this. Um, hey, at glitchinpodcast.com. You can go to glitchinpodcast.com and submit through the contact form there. And I might uh, I might read your glitch live on air and have it have it be fun. We can analyze it and talk about it and do some more glitch sticks. Oh, I love it so much. It's so <sighs> 
Until next time. Until next. Oh my God. Time. All right. Okay. Later glitches. Later glitches.